This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. Welcome back to All the Sins of Wisconsin. I'm Fallon and I am here with Mims. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great too. Now that you're here, I'm Aww. happy to see you. I'm happy to see you. We did a, uh, a FaceTime or Zoom last time and yeah. I felt so distant, so it's really nice I to be back. I, it's not the same. No, it's not. I like being person. Yeah, me too. I feel that. Yeah. Okay, um, I got something. Do you have anything or do you want me to go first you can go first okay so apparently six people were found dead in milwaukee i'm sorry this is our true crime little segment so (laughs) we're gonna jump into that um were found dead in a milwaukee home on sunday um and they're investigating the multiple homicides of let me see who were the victims here Mm. Of Caleb Jordan, age 23, Giovanni Liddell, age 31, Charles Hardy, age 42, Donald Smith, age 43, Donta Williams, age 44, and Michelle Williams, age 49. So this took place, I am seeing, at 25. 05 North 21st Street in Milwaukee. Um, seems like it was in relation to some gun violence. Um, pretty horrific that it was six people all in a, like a slaying. Yeah, in, in that's a what it sounds like. There's four people I saw got taken into custody as persons of interest. Yes, I did see that too. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the, I read something weird about a girl had called a girl or a woman had called 911 on the day of the shooting and claimed that she was a victim of a shooting and then gave like random addresses around that address kind of trying to tip the police off it sounds like oh that is really weird so i'm wondering if she's one of the people brought in as a person of interest right yeah like she wanted them to be found somehow and didn't want to give herself away almost it sounds like yeah that's what it sounded like to me yeah so um, we can update on when we know more. Yeah. Um, this is from the uh, CBS news station. Um, so hopefully they can find the people, apprehend them, and uh, figure out why, obviously, and yeah, um, get some justice for these these six people that died too soon. Yeah. Condolences to their families because I know they're going through a lot. Yeah. That's horrific to go through um so we're we're here for you guys and support but that's it for for me yeah i don't 
feel like I had some stories, then I don't have any stories anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Something may pop up later. Yeah. Um, that's I, it for me. I think you're first this week. Let it be. <laughs> uh, so I am doing the exorcism of Emma Schmidt. Ooh, I like exorcisms. Yeah, so um, this story gives doing the Lord's work a new meaning. Oh, boy. (laughs) It's pretty intense, so I I don't... A lot of people are very religious, I know, and this is a kind of iffy topic for religious people. I don't know if uh, you don't want to listen to this, but um this is what it's gonna be this week so <laughs> strap in um i got my sources from cult of weird of course i love cult of weird i still haven't checked it out yeah and I it's like to. made for you so that's why i'm <laughs> super surprised uh wikipedia hushed up history and medium so emma schmidt who was referred to by uh anna eckland or Mary X, at the time of the incident, in order to keep her identity concealed, was born on March 23rd, 1888. Uh, I'm going to continue to refer to her as Emma Schmidt, just to keep things simple, and it is her real name, so I know a lot of people, when they look her up, um, it would pop up as Anna Eklund, but I'm going to do Emma. Okay. Uh, She was born in Milwaukee, but grew up in Marathon, Wisconsin, with her parents who emigrated from Germany. Emma's home life was not the best. Her father, Jacob, had a reputation as an alcoholic and a womanizer. He was also against the Catholic Church. Um, But because Emma's mother was Catholic, Emma still attended to church regardless of what her father's stance was. Church was a pretty big deal in this area and in... um, basically this community so it just the involvement and being in church and being religious was a really big and prominent thing right unfortunately it is estimated that her mother died in approximately 1890 leaving emma in the clutches of her abusive and alcoholic father at around the age of eight. Oh boy poor girl I, i know at the age, it's like always the the good parent that is just not around or unable to help, and then like the the bad parent is just like the one that's always around. Unfortunately, yeah. How does that always happen? I don't know. I mean, that happened to me. Like I was stuck with a really terrible mother and my father, who was a, a decent person, nowhere. You know, like, not in my home life, so... Yeah. It just works out that way for some reason. I think when both parents are alive, it's because the bad parent is so, like, manipulative and controlling. They just take over. Yeah, I think they're more dominant, so maybe yeah. they their place in, in the household is just more... Um, I don't know, takes over more. Yeah, I think so. So at the age of 14, Emma started displaying weird behaviors... It was said that Emma got very ill every time that she went into the church. She was also, unfortunately, participating in intense sexual acts at her young age. Uh, I don't know what she was doing, but I I mean, not really important what she was doing, but... uh, But that was interesting wording. (laughs) Intense. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just... uh, My 
thoughts are maybe she was like masturbating or something or yeah because it was a long time ago Mm -hmm. and women didn't have any sexual drive unless they were evil yeah but 14 (laughs) i feel like that's a little bit young like i i didn't discover myself maybe i'm a late bloomer but i didn't discover myself until maybe like 15 16 what year was this though uh good question so she was born in 18 1988 oh okay i thought you said 1888 yeah i'm right i'm right so back then people got married off that young yeah i suppose you're right i mean still not it's so gross to me yeah you shouldn't be getting married off at 14 you don't know how to do anything but as a parent of teenagers, I can understand why you would want to marry your children off. <laughs> <laughs> Get them out of here. I wouldn't recommend it, but like... No! We're not saying you should do that. You definitely should not do that. No. But if there was like a boarding school where all teenagers went until they stopped being jerks, I could see that. There is. It's called boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was definitely the mindset of whoever created that and every parent's like, you, you're fucking off way too much. You need to go to boarding school. I said that one day to my husband. I said, I think I understand why people used to always send their children to boarding school. Yeah. Yeah. It's the attitude. Yeah. Like, go give it to the teachers and then come back. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was threatened with boarding school too. <laughs> so it's definitely a thing. <laughs> it's always a threat. <laughs> <laughs> did you believe the threat? I did believe the threat. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I better shape up. I ain't going I to board. Like, that sounds like fun. I wonder what I can get into at boarding oh, school. Oh, that's, that's a good way to play that off. Yeah. <laughs> so she also developed an evil mindset towards priests and vomited after taking communion. Uh, but she wasn't only violent towards priests. She was also having bad reactions to sacred and holy objects as well so like towards crucifixes paintings of jesus like anything to do with uh, her religion she was just not having it at that point Hmm. so emma stopped attending church due to the episodes and became isolated and probably just exhausted with everything that she was going through right she fell into a deep depression and became a loner her behaviors were truly unexplainable. One day she goes from being a very devout Catholic church going young girl. Um, and then the next she's spitting, hissing, vomiting all over the place. Hmm. Just, you know, out of left field. Uh, one theory that may, that many people hushly whispered about was that Emma's condition was brought on by her aunt Mina, her mother's sister. Apparently, Aunt Mina was a known practicing witch and was apparently a child murderer. Oh. I couldn't find much information about that specifically. Um, they just named her the town witch and the child murderer and all those the sources that I found. Oh, I mean, if you're a witch, you got to murder children. Apparently. Don't know why that goes hand in hand. Probably don't, with an axe. Do not murder children. <laughs> Somebody read Hansel and Gretel too many times. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but not only that, it was also believed and confirmed that Aunt Mina had a not-so-secret affair with Emma's father. Mm. So, just a whole bunch of layers to Aunt Mina that 
It's gross. I don't mean it did not give a fuck. No, she didn't. She was just doing whatever she wanted to do at that point. <laughs> so uh, Anna's family did try to help and sought help from the local church when a local when the local church got involved in helping uh, Emma. They contacted Father Theophilus Risinger. On June 18, 1912, Emma was put under the care of Father Risinger, the expert in exorcism. Could you imagine that, like, job title on your business card? Just, like, expert in exorcism. I like that. Yeah. Pretty cool. But do you get chased by demons for life, then? I'm sure you are... Demons are, like, an everyday thing for you. Yeah. That would be a lot. Yeah, that's too much. But it would be powerful to introduce yourself like that. Right? Don't fuck with me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Apparently, he was the OG of exorcisms, and we can go into him a little bit later just to get some background from him. When she first became tormented, she claimed it was the result of curses put on by her abusive father and her aunt Mina who allegedly placed curses on her and put cursed herbs in her food. Hmm. So Father Risinger instantly noticed Emma's demonic state. He witnessed her reacting violently to religious objects, holy water and prayers and rites in Latin. Uh, so these are the signs of you're going through some sort of demonic episode. However, Father Reisinger has experienced people who had faked demonic depre- or possession. So, why would you want to fake that? Is my question. Maybe to scare people. <laughs> <laughs> Just a scare tactic. Like, you can't abuse me. I'm possessed by a demon. That's a weird flex. <laughs> <laughs> I would, that would not, okay, speaking of weird flexes, so I work with, um, property management Mm -hmm. and at one of the places that we manage this person had a a gigantic snake and he would walk around with it wrapped around his body and just kind of like go up to people and like snake intimidate people oh so we had the pleasure of addressing this snake intimidation with this person saying hey listen you can't go around basically waving the snake into other people's faces saying that snake is going to attack you. Like he can't go around doing that. And that's like the <laughs> most bizarre thing I've ever had to fucking deal with. Like you, people are weird. They really are. Yeah. But I think that would be a similar thing. Demonic. Like you're saying people with a snake, but I, I have a demon. Yeah. I have a demon. Watch out. Don't come for me. Yeah. This demon will come for you. Yeah. Weird. Okay, so in a way to test this, um, he sprayed Emma with fake holy water to see what she would do. Father Risinger witnessed no reaction, leaving him convinced that this young girl was afflicted by something beyond. So he prepared then to exercise the demons out of her at that point. And uh, here are some things that happened to her while the exorcism was going on. When holy water touched her skin, it burnt off. Her face twisted, her eyes and lips 
swelled to huge proportions and her stomach became hard. Emma vomited 20 to 30 times and she started speaking and understanding Latin, Hebrew, Italian, and Polish. Wow. Yeah, so this exorcism also took a toll on Father Reisinger, too. He experienced physical attacks that left him trembling like a fluttering leaf in a whirlwind, as he put it. Uh, Little was documented concerning the initial exorcism. Uh, There wasn't that was all the information that I got for the first one. Okay. But luckily, he was successful in that exorcism and freed her, or so they thought. So, after the first exorcism, she seemed to have been freed. However, that wasn't the case. Emma, in her late 40s, claimed she was tormented again by voices. So, this is two decades after what she had to, what she went through before at around the age of 15, 16. Okay. So, she was normal for two decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Emma, um... So she was afflicted and tormented by voices. She also stated she could not enter church. Her thoughts were increasingly intrusive and the nervousness was growing stronger. In 1928, Emma sought the help of Father Reisinger for a second time. But this time, Father Reisinger wanted to perform the exorcism in secrecy. So while preaching on a mission at St. Joseph Parish in Erling, Iowa, Father Reisinger asked for help from St. Joseph Parish's priest, Father Joseph Steiger. Father Steiger agreed to perform the exorcism at his parish, which was more private and secluded. It was a convent for um, nuns, so there wasn't really much traffic. It was a rural area, um, which is why they chose this area. Uh, The town was quiet. With only a few hundred residents, the seclusion of the convent would allow the exorcism to be performed in relative secrecy and keep Emma anonymous. But as we all know now, she's not anonymous. Yeah. It was also hoped that being away from the home or being away from a big population would lessen the power of the demonic forces tormenting her as well. So the first session of the exorcism began the very next day after she arrived. So at the exorcism, there was Father Reisinger and Father Steger, a couple of nuns, and a housekeeper present. They must have figured that they needed a whole team for this. Yeah. Because the exorcism was beginning to look like it was going to be extreme. So the strongest nuns were selected to assist her in case anything might have happened. Uh, The underlying fear that the devil or demon would attack the person performing the exorcist as a way to prevent it from happening is why they chose these specific nuns. Okay. Uh, So they were instructed that if anything unusual happened, that the nuns were to hold the woman down to the bed. So as preparation, Emma was put on an iron bed with her clothing and sleeves tied down to prevent her from breaking free. So basically, it was like a homemade straight jacket. Okay. Soon after the ceremonial prayers of the church were begun, the woman sank into unconsciousness and remained in the state throughout the period of the exorcism. So she was just gone from her actual body 
Wow. Emma was witnessed by the people who were in the room to levitate into the air and dragged to the ceiling. The attending sisters dragged her back to the bed and uh, restrained her. Loud howling sound began to emanate from the woman, drawing the attention of everyone in the convent. The nuns offered her food, but she refused, seething with anger as she knew that they had blessed it before giving it to her. She wanted nothing more than to tear them apart. The very sight of the nuns infuriated Emma. Emma went through a lot. She defecated and vomited massively. Uh, a lot of rancid bile and liquid filled with what appeared to be chewed tobacco leaves, despite never consuming anything more than small amounts of milk and water. So the, the things that were coming out of her were really strange just because she re- was refusing all the food. All right. So she screamed, she hissed like a cat, and suffered physical distortions. Her skin sizzled and burnt when holy water touched it. Emma's face became so distorted that no one could recognize her, her features as she came the first day. Then, to her whole body became so horribly disfigured that the regular contour of her body vanished. Her pale, death-like and emaciated head, often assuming the size of an inverted water pitcher, became a red, as red as glowing embers. Her eyes protruded out of their sockets, her lips swelled up to the portions of equaling the size of hands, and her thin, emaciated body was bloated to such enormous size that the pastor and some of the sisters drew back out of out of fright, thinking that the woman would be torn to pieces and burst asunder. That was from accounts of what was going on at that time. That's really scary. Mm-hmm. At times, her abdominal region and extremities became as hard as iron and stone, and I don't understand why the stomach hardens in a lot of these cases. I don't know what the correlation of demonic possession and the tightness of an abdomen is. It's just really strange to me why that happens. That is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So the demons live in your stomach. Maybe. I don't know where I'll, I I always thought they would be like in your head almost. I don't know why in your stomach. Maybe that's why like she's vomiting so much. Maybe. Um... As you may know, a lot of the times during an exorcism, the priest will ask who is in possession, and Father Risinger did the same during this one. And then Emma responded, many. Then rattled off the names of Beelzebub? Beelzebub. Mm -hmm. Uh, Judas Escaret, her father, and her aunt Mina. So I'm going to talk about the uh, Beelzebub so it is a name derived from Philistine god, formerly worshipped in Ekron, and later adopted by some Abrahamic religions as a major demon. The name Bezelbob is associated with the, I'm going to butcher this, Canaanit god Baal. In theological sources, most Christian, mostly Christian, Bezelbob is another name for Satan. He is known in demonology as one of the seven princes of hell. 
and he is also described as being able to fly and is known as the Lord of the Flyers or the Lord of the Flies. So that is who that is. Hmm. Sounds very intimidating. Yes. So when Father Risinger asked Judas what his purpose was with Emma, Judas replied, to bring her to despair so that she will commit suicide and hang herself. She must get the rope. She must go to hell. Father Risinger commanded these. They cease with silence. And he said, keep quiet, you infamous pre-reprobate. Just a lot of... (laughs) I like that he's, like, yelling back at them. He's just like, shut up. (laughs) But, like, in fancy language. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's very, like... He's still very professional, like, he's gonna address you accordingly, and he's not just gonna be like, you get the fuck out of here. We right. don't want you around here. That's what, that's what my exorcism would do. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, silence, and you're like, bro, you better get out of here. Exactly. <laughs> Her father claimed revenge as he was angry that she had refused a sexual relationship with him when he was alive. Ew. And... Aunt Mina claimed that she had placed a curse on her with the help of her sick father because of that. So when I was reading through this case, it made me feel like this poor girl went through some shit with her father. And maybe that's kind of like the catalyst to why this is all happening. Yeah. So that's another underlying reason in my mind why this is all happening really really sad i hope it wasn't the case right father risinger said that lucifer himself appeared during the process lucifer standing visibly before him for half an hour a fiery being in his demonic reality he had a crown on his head and carried a fiery sword in his hand bezel bob stood alongside of him during this time the whole room was filled with flames i don't i would run run so fast i could imagine flames just burst up everywhere and just like this crazy figure that is like could kill you i I would feel threatened yeah i have a lot of questions though (laughs) (laughs) do you do you have questions now or just kind of like in general questions in general i would want to ask oh oh i see some questions yeah yeah. I kind of want to... Okay, what what question would you ask? Oh, I don't know where I would start. I'd be like, where is, Hit- is Hitler down there? Can you please reassure me that he's down there? Yeah. What are you doing to him? Can we make sure that he's getting some sort of a painful punishment every day? Yeah. Like, do people get tortured all day like they do on the show Lucifer? <laughs> yeah, that's a good <laughs> question. Go in, like, a torture loop? Yeah. Um, That would be my main concern. Or question. Yeah. What happens when you get there? Mm-hmm. Are we going to be joining you? <laughs> yeah, like, what do I got to do to not be around you? Like, am yeah. I doing a good job? <laughs> <laughs> um, so during the exorcism, Father Seeger claimed that the demon threatened him to withdraw permission for the exorcism. A few days after the claim... Father Seeger crashed his car into the railing of a bridge, but he managed to get out of the car alive. So they're just, like, threatening these poor people, these fathers' lives on a daily while this is happening. I wonder if it 
Can they not harm humans directly? Like, you can't just stab them with your flaming sword? Oh, that's a good question. Like, the I think maybe in possession, the person that is being possessed has to do it as they're, like, the medium in, like, the, this world. Mm, that makes sense. I'm thinking that makes the most logic to me, but I think this is pushing the bounds and boundaries of logic so i don't know (laughs) i don't know either if you know how demonic possession works let us know if you're a priest a father somewhere and you want and you're somehow landed here (laughs) you can let us know i'd be very interested somehow landed here and kept listening they're like oh these bitches They don't know anything. I get an email like you're going straight to hell. Yeah. Let's pray. (laughs) So the difficult process endured for three sessions total. It was documented that from August 18th to the 26th, the first session took place. The second session took place on September 13th to the 20th. And the third and final session was from December 15th to the 23rd so it's a long process each like all of those days total 23 days of exercising it out the demons and father rising are continued back and forth battling each other and draining the energy and life from everyone in the convent over time father steger grew increasingly regretful of allowing the exorcism to take place in his parish when he voiced his opinion that the ritual should be stopped and moved elsewhere, Father Risinger reacted with surprise and blamed his thoughts on the devil putting them in his head and attempting to drive a wedge between the old friends. I kind of agree with Father Risinger because he was doing all this work. Mm-hmm. He, I'm sure, takes a toll, more of a toll on him And he's got this guy who, yes, graciously was like, yep, bring it over here. This is my place, but we're going to do this. Basically saying, you got to get this girl out of here. I would be a little bit upset. I'd be like, I'm the one doing this, putting in the time. And it'd be really unnecessary to move her somewhere else just to begin it all over again. I would assume would have to happen. Yeah, and I'd be like, uh, is your faith wavering? Do you not believe in the abilities of us to yeah. exercise the demons? Yeah, I would just think that that would cause more work and distress and just almost restart the whole thing. So all of that would have been for nothing. Yeah. So Can't the people just leave if they can't I deal w- with it? I would have fucking been like... Yo, I understand that this is happening. This is something that you guys got to do. I'm going to take a leave. Like, I'll go... I'll go go to to your church while you're here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that should have been a thing. Like, to offer... Obviously, this is a negative thing happening to everybody there. They're probably hearing everything. They're... Really bad energy going on. Like, that. that's taking a toll, too. So, I'd be like, I got to go somewhere else. Yeah. So week after week, it seemed that the efforts of Father Risinger was having no effect on the tormentors living within Emma. But then something changed. Um, 
poor Father Reisinger was exhausted and appeared to those around him to have aged 20 years from performing the exorcism for three days straight without any sleep. So he was just going at it hard. He's dedicated. He is. He's like, you know what? I'm not giving up on this girl. She came to me one time before. Should have been done then. I'm going to get these fuckers out. Like, yeah, they got to go. Um, on December 23rd, 1928, at around 9 p.m., months after her exorcism began, Schmidt, or I'm sorry, Emma suddenly leapt up from her bed, assuming this was just another incident the nuns uh, had her or was wrestling her back. Um, but then she fell back without resisting and began softly muttering, Bezelbob, Judas, Jacob, Mina, hell! 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 A few minutes later, Emma suddenly regained consciousness. Her eyes flew open, and she stated to her stunned audience, From what a terrible burden have I been freed at last. My Jesus, mercy. Praise be Jesus Christ. And it became apparent that the exorcism had finally worked, and Emma was officially free from torment along with the priests and nuns. Wow. So, in the aftermath, when when asked, Emma stated that she recalled having visions of horrible battles between spirits during the exorcism. After three, after the three sessions, she was very weak and heavily malnourished because she was refusing so much food. Yeah. People in the convent would look upon Emma and would say the physical condition of the possessed presented such a gruesome sight because of the distorted members of her body that it was unbearable to see. Wow. After enduring everything they witnessed and had and had to go through during this whole ordeal, uh, the nuns requested transfers and were all relocated within the year. So they were just probably so mentally and spiritually drained that they were like, I got to go relieve myself somewhere else. Yeah. Probably had too much, like walking around there had too many, I don't know, memories and just visions almost. Like if you go back in that room, that's probably all I thought about. Yeah. So Emma Schmidt went on to lead a quiet life. She ended up going back to church. She later died at the age of 59 on July 23rd, 1941. So she lived about 10-ish years after her last and final possession. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about Father Reisinger. Yeah. The he man. pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, so Father Reisinger was born in Germany uh, in 1899. He immigrated to the United States and first practiced in New York City before moving to the Midwest. Don't know why you would go to New York and then to Wisconsin, but that is your choice. That seemed like a very common immigration path back then. Yeah, well, because the first stop is New York. York. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess you're right. So that happened in 1912. And specifically, he came to Appleton, Wisconsin. Oh, so at the age of 20, he became a capuchin friar in Appleton, which is a branch of the uh, Francium. Don't know. Don't know my church lingo. <laughs> <laughs> he then became one of 
America's foremost exorcist. Father Reisinger performed at least 22 exorcisms in his lifetime, but it was the this case that put him on the map, basically. Um, so the details based on eyewitness accounts were published in the early 1930s in a 48-page booklet called Be Gone, Satan! by Reverend Carl Vogel. <laughs> That's a good name for the book. Be Gone, Satan! <laughs> <laughs> It was originally written in German, so that must have been really, like, the way I said it must have been, like, the way every word would have been in that book. Just very intense, yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, German just has a lot of, like, hard sounds. Yeah. So it always feels like yelling. I took German for four years. Did you really? I did. Do you know any German words? Like, can you say a whole sentence? No. No. (laughs) I took it for four years. (laughs) I took it for four years. I used to be conversational, but I'm old. Yeah. I haven't spoke German in like 20 years. (laughs) That would be so cool if you just whipped out German one day. I'd be be really fascinated with that. (laughs) (laughs) Probably when I'm possessed. (laughs) (laughs) The German comes out. God. Um, but it was translated into English in 1935. The case garnered a widespread attention in Catholic publications, newspapers, and even Time magazine. The booklet's mission was to encourage those of strong faith to continue to give battle to the evil one, which is a really good like mission statement. It is. The booklet consists of full dialogues between Father Reisinger and the demons and eyewitness accounts from... Uh, who was actually there. The wow. I know, that probably is a really good read. Yeah. I would be very scared, though. I wouldn't read it at night. I would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the booklet, booklet would eventually serve as a research uh, source for material for author William Peter Blatty, who... De- whose depiction of the possession in The Exorcist very closely mirrors the events said to have taken place in Iowa in that convent. So it was basically what inspired the film. Right. Which um, I could see a lot because I've watched that countless times and I'm like, this is basically it. Yeah. Um, Here's a statement from Father Reisinger in 1936. You cannot imagine the terrible symptoms and feelings that possessed people have. Strange cats and dogs talk to them in the night. Which I'm like, yes, I want that. If my dogs are to talk, my dogs are talking to me and said, hey, you look beautiful today. I'd be like, (laughs) girl. (laughs) I I would be mad at that. Me either. They cannot perform religious duties, which is understandable. They are kept away from the sacraments. They are exceedingly unhappy. That just sounds like mental illness, that last part. It does. Yeah. Uh, Depression is not necessarily possession. No. Let's get those two separated. Separated, not together. (laughs) Yeah. It is a thing with the church, though, a lot when you're depressed. It's like, are you praying enough? Or like which is really really awful i'm not trying to shit on religion i'm not trying to shit on being catholic or anything like that but i have read seen countless people think that 
if you have some sort of mental defect, like let's say you have, um, what is that one? Down syndrome? Yeah. Um, that you have, you have some sort of demon spiritual thing inside of you that is making you not as a normal person. And I'm like, that's not true. This person was born this way. Right. It's something that they are born with, not something that they just inherited by being possessed by a demon. Right. Now, I think if you believe in a god, <clears throat> then God created the child this way for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, not absolutely. Like it's possessed or no. did something wrong. Yeah. It's just a lot of things that are not understood is easy to label as something that they that people understand Mm -hmm. i'm thinking i think you're right uh so father reisinger continued preaching and exercising until his death in november of 1941 so he just died being an og that's awesome Mm -hmm. also how many people needed exorcisms back then was there just demons everywhere because we're not doing exorcisms now are we or are they done in quiet uh, they may be done in quiet, I'm thinking. I don't know. I know that they have to be, like, approved by the church and the Pope. Like, it goes to the tippy top. Um, but I don't know. So if the Pope is listening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I need Pope information. <laughs> How many exorcisms have been done in the last five years? Mm-hmm. I'm st- I think it's still a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? I don't know. I'm not really a religious person. I don't really know what all goes into that. So speculation on that. Me either. I know many people do not believe in this sort of thing, but I think that there might have been some truth to what happened to Emma Schmidt. Um, Many people did not believe that the possession was in fact real or ever took place. Many speculated that the victim was afflicted by a mental illness and not by demon possession, which I totally understand. Mm-hmm. I, I think that for these people to actually sit down and be like, this is actually what happened. Like these nuns were. Right. They were, witnessed it. They witnessed it. They were asked by the person who wrote the booklet, uh, Father Vogel, um, to write down, you know, like what they went through, uh, their accounts of what happened. And I feel like for them to lie would just not be something that they would want to like make a widespread thing. About right. This They're type nuns. Of thing. They don't lie. No, I, I mean, I wouldn't think the nuns lied. I don't think so either. Uh, So many speculated that she was afflicted by mental illness, like I said. In the early 1900s, mental illness was greatly misunderstood, even ignored. In the early years of Emma's possession, she was looked at and treated by numerous doctors. However, the doctors couldn't find the root of what was affecting her. And even when was or even what the problem was to begin with. In fact, one leading specialist at the time stated that she was normal in the fullest sense, end quote. Other people believe that she never existed altogether and that these exorcisms never happened. Hmm. Eyewitness accounts swear to its accuracy with Father Steger's housekeeper swearing, 
I was a witness to almost the whole period of the exorcism of the Erling possession. And Erling is the city in Iowa mm-hmm. uh, case. And I can truly say that the facts mentioned in Begone Satan are correct. Some of these the scenes were even more frightful than described in the booklet. There is not the slightest doubt in my mind that the devils were present, and I will never forget the horrible scenes, vile, filthy, and dirty as long as I live, end quote. Could you imagine being the housekeeper for exorcisms? Oh, oh my God. I hope they paid her double for that time period. Which was probably like a nickel. Right. Here's a a quarter. (laughs) For all the vile. Vile. Um, one thing is for sure, the exorcism was one of the last to be officially sanctioned by the Catholic Church and Papal, which means in relation to the Pope, records to report that an exorcism of a woman did take place at the convent of the Franciscan sisters over the three separate sessions totaling 28 days. So I said 23 before 28 days. Okay. So there is a record, um, Pope record, that this actually happened. I don't think the Pope lied either. I don't think, I mean, I would hope he wouldn't lie. Also, local Erling legend says that the claw marks in the solid oak doors can still be seen from the woman trying to escape. Mm. So they are said to still be there. After her successful second exorcism, she faded from record, but her history and experience lives on in various ways. Father Reisinger and Father Seeger initially went to great lengths to keep this case under wraps as quiet, or sorry, but the booklet that was published did not help with that. One person that read the booklet was inspired by it, as I mentioned before, and they adapted it into film. Um... And then there is another film that is called The Exorcism of Anna Eklund that is separate from The Exorcist, too. Okay. So books that reference uh, or was also inspired by this case uh, and the ongoing discussions of the paranormal and possession that still happen to this day. Case in point, this episode was inspired by her and what she went through. Uh, so I kind of want, if you guys are, have opinions on what you guys think of exorcisms with the story, um, if you think that it actually happened to this Wisconsin woman, I'm open to hearing. Yeah, I'd like to hear opinions on this. If you've actually witnessed an exorcism, I would love to hear about that. Yeah. That seems like that'd be a crazy thing to witness and go through. Definitely. That would be insane. Yeah. So that's like standing in a room full of fire. Oh my god. I'd be like, I have nothing to do with this. I'm I'm just kind of here. Yeah. I'm here for an account. Like, don't don't come for me. They do exorcisms on the show Evil. It's not a real thing. It's not real life, but I like to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really real, but you know, it's still good. (laughs) People are possessed by the devil on that show. I watched this one where See, that's, yeah, for sure, because I definitely watched this show, which I don't know how true it is, um, where this priest would go around uh, 
practicing exorcisms and like they would he would go to like a church and he'd be like you are you like i could feel you and then all of a sudden she was like doing this thing where like she was convulsing and then he would like say hey we got to go to a different place to exercise you and then all this other things happen so i'm pretty sure that's still a thing yeah don't know if it's a real thing or if it's just for show i'm think i mean they have to make a show and content for it so i'm assuming maybe a lot of these aren't real but i think that people still practice it people say that the girl that got possessed at summer wind that she had to get an exorcism but i don't oh. know if it's real or not oh wow that makes sense but though. that's what the rumor is yeah yeah so i don't know you did a great job thank good story. you yeah i was really fascinated by it i went down uh i was binging what's it called unsolved mysteries the supernatural series Ooh. from buzzfeed um and they did a whole bunch of they went to like the the most haunted places in like america or whatever and uh, they did one that it was like an exorcism type of thing or he they went to an exorcism uh, a priest that does that and that got me like amped up to do this yeah it's very interesting mm-hmm. i have one question about exorcisms where do the demons go do I'm they think- go back to hell or yeah. are they like running around the hallways of the building where i think the exorcism took place i think they get sent to where they came from they're like go back to where you came from okay they don't just like pop out and no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, the way that the, the body gets so distorted is them, like, trying to, like... Get out. Get out and, like, moving themselves around maybe in her or whoever is possessed. But I don't think... It seems to always be women. Yeah, it does seem like that. Why are we so vulnerable to demons? We're a portal for souls. Mm. We bring new souls to Earth. I don't like that. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want to be a portal. (laughs) So, yes, that was me. That was mine. Awesome. Today, I'm going to discuss the unsolved murder of John. I hope I'm saying his last name right. Schmutzer? Okay. 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 Are you familiar with this? No. You might be when I start talking about it. Okay. So, my sources from today are Reddit, WisconsinRightNow.com, NBC15, Channel 3000, and TMJ4, and WAOW. So, John Schmutzer was a 24-year-old investment banker in the Milwaukee area. He was a Wauwatosa native who graduated from UW-Madison. On October 14, 2020, John went hiking in Devil's Lake State Park. Mm, yeah, love that place. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Has anything crazy ever happened there? Mm, no. I went there and it was like a old like trip for friends. Mm-hmm. And we it was like as casual can be. Like playing like throwing around the frisbee and drinking some really bad beer and <laughs> just hanging out. It's beautiful. So, at 11.38 a.m. on October 14th of 2020, Sauk County Sheriff's Office received a notification of a disturbance on the Grotto Trail, which is the trail on the south side of Devil's Lake State Park. This disturbance was initially reported as a possible attempted homicide. When authorities arrived, they found John Schwitzer deceased from what they called obvious homicidal violence. 
He was found bleeding on the railroad tracks, and his death was ultimately ruled as a homicide from stabbing. So the South County Sheriff's Office collaborated with the Department of Natural Resources to conduct their joint investigation, and the Wisconsin Crime Lab set up a mobile crime scene unit to process the scene. Did you hear about this when it happened? Mm-mm, no. That was the craziest thing when it happened. I remember hearing it on the news. So, witnesses describe a possible suspect. They say they saw a man that was 5'10 to 6 feet tall, and he was seen headed west on the Grotto's Trail. So then authorities went and looked for the places that John had visited prior to coming to Devil's Lake State Park. And they said he had been at the Hilldale Shopping Center in Madison, Wisconsin, the Wildcat Mountain State Park in Vernon County, and in the Laval, Wisconsin area in Northwest Sauk County. So it sounds like he was just having a chill day, like went to the mall and then started hiking. Wow, that sounds like an amazing day. Do a little shopping, do a little day hiking. Yeah. It's like right up my alley. Mine too. Yeah. That's why I was really interested in this story. Mm -hmm. This is stuff that I like to do. Yeah. So for those of you that are not familiar with Devil's Lake State Park, it is near Baraboo, Wisconsin, and it runs along the Ice Age National Scenic Trail. It has amazing views, 500-foot bluffs that overlook a 360-acre lake. There's nearly 30 miles of hiking trails, lakeshore picnic areas, swimming beaches, lake recreation like fishing, hunting, camping, rock climbing, and there's year-round naturalist programs. So, it's like a nature lover's dream there. It really, truly is. And I haven't gone yet, and I really want to, because people get the most amazing photos there. We're going. We're going. Yeah, we got to, because mm-hmm. I love hiking, and I love getting photos. And I hate, yeah. the, I hate the drive. It's how long? Yeah. Like, two hours? Yeah, probably, probably two, two and a half, maybe. Two, two and a half. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I guess that's not terrible, but... I know, and there's places you can hike right here, though. That, that's, that's my what, point, yeah, because yeah. I could go to, uh, like, Cave Point down, or, I'm sorry, up by uh, the harbors. I haven't gone there either. Oh, my God. You're killing me. All right, we're going to go. We're going <laughs> we need to make a list. Yeah, we, we really do. If you have a list of hiking places that we need to go. I, girl, I got that list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love hiking. So, during the time of John's murder, the park was fairly busy because it was right around the time that the leaves were changing. So, there's lots of people there taking photos. And the police were hopeful that this would be beneficial because they have tons of witness statements and even some possible pictures of a suspect. So, in the beginning when I heard about the case, I thought it would be solved quickly Mm -hmm. because the park was full of people. Right. However, in May of 2021, the case still had not been solved, and the police decided to release new details. The police said on the day of the murder, multiple witnesses saw a man running frantically and out of control, falling down as he went. Oh. My thing is, like, nobody stopped to be like, you okay? I don't know if I would... Just because I think I would be freaked out, but I would definitely, like, be like, hey, Jake, doesn't that seem weird? I would definitely take a picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good That's a good way to keep it on file. Like, or a video. <laughs> yeah. What's going on with this I'm, person? I'm surprised because people always whip out their phone to, like, yeah. video whenever something weird happens like that. Yeah. 
So these witnesses were on the South Lake Road near the group camp in the CCC Trail or near the East Bluff Trail. And they described this suspicious <laughs> man as six feet tall, average build, wearing ripped dark colored pants and a dark colored top, which was possibly a hoodie, and a mask because it was 2020. Yeah. So the police indicated that this is the possible suspect was probably acting erratically prior to the murder and afterwards mm-hmm. for anybody that might have known him. Mm-hmm. And thinking he might have also changed his appearance shortly after, or even possibly left town. So these people all saw him running frantically. And while I was researching, I, to me, I thought that meant he was running frantically after the stabbing. But it sounds like he was running frantically, ran onto the trail where John was, stabbed him, mm. and then ran somewhere else. Yeah, he sounds like he's high off of something, or the, the person's high. Yeah had a some kind of crazy mental breakdown mm. or yeah i don't know pcp <laughs> yeah <laughs> do they do that in wisconsin <laughs> you for sure yeah i think so <laughs> if you do pcp <laughs> <laughs> i know i watch a show about it it wasn't in wisconsin though <laughs> a show just based on pcp yeah oh i was watching a drug trafficking show uh-huh and the people were all doing PCP. Oh. And they turn into maniacs. And they run into the street and they take all their clothes off. Because they feel like they're overheating. Oh. But they're like freaking crazy. Yeah. Like uh, jumping on the hoods of cars naked. Yeah. I don't know. It's very scary. This oh. happens in Washington, D.C. Mm. That's like a PCP hotspot. Because. What the fuck? Apparently outside of like the capital area, everybody's really poor in D.C. Mm. And there's a huge drug problem. And, yeah, they all do PCP. You, like, dip the cigarettes in the liquid PCP, and then you smoke the cigarettes, and then you turn into a freaking maniac, and you rip all your clothes off, and you try to bite people's faces off and stuff. Oh, that sounds like the the bath salt situation. Yeah, it's a very similar situation. I just prefer people to not bite people's faces off, but that's just me. Yeah, and just keep your clothes on. Keep your clothes... Well, I don't know. <laughs> Inside, you can get naked at home. You probably shouldn't be on the hood of my car naked. No, no. You gotta pick one or the other, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's some kind of drugs or something involved with yeah, this, but... I do, too. So, the police reportedly conducted bunny interviews, executed numerous search warrants, and took hundreds of calls from people who possibly had information. And then on the anniversary of his death, October 14th, 2021, the police held a press conference to update the public on their progress. And they expressed their frustration with not having solved the case yet. Mm-hmm. They said they collected eight DNA samples and that many of them had been eliminated as suspects, but others were still being processed by the testing facility because Wisconsin crime labs are extremely backlogged and it's just getting worse yeah. from COVID. Yeah. So... That just makes me wonder, like, small cases, how they're getting processed when a murder like this, the DNA is waiting to yeah. get tested. Oh, God. It's just, we need more people working that shit. Do they have enough money to pay people? Oh, that's a good point. I don't know the situation. Yeah, me I don't either. know why there's a backlog. Because yeah, can we just send it to, like, Texas or something? Oh, I don't know. You can outsource that? Yeah, I know that they did on a different case that I 
red. Yeah, I'm thinking that maybe, like, the caseload is just too much for how many people are probably working it. Yeah, I think we could we could outsource to private DNA labs, I think. Yeah, that's probably a good thing to do. I would suggest that. Yeah. If you're listening to us, Mm -hmm. I would suggest you contract some private labs so we can get this ball rolling. Get her done, yeah. And they also sent 30 different items to the crime lab to be analyzed and issued at least 30 different search warrants, subpoenas, or court orders related to the case. And the results of many of these things are still being evaluated. So police are still looking to determine who the suspect suspect i can't talk today dude so i was just thinking side note um it it's harder than it seems to do this to to podcast <laughs> it's like what are you talking about to solve murders it clearly isn't working well <laughs> yeah it's all hard but it's, it is hard to podcast people just think that like we just sit down and like have conversations and then it's just like so easy but like I think we know that we're being listened to, and it adds a, le- a level, like, of, of, I wouldn't say stress, but just, like, okay, you gotta en- enunciate, you have mm-hmm. to make sure that you're saying things properly, you gotta make sure that um, you're getting your point across, so it it does, it's a little bit nerve-wracking, and, yeah. you know, sometimes you hate your voice, so that's a whole other thing. <laughs> But it's not just sitting down and being perfect in any way. Like, the, we mispronounce, we stutter, I trip up on my words, and... Me too. It's just what happens. And you gotta do research. Yeah. We don't just make these things up when we sit down. No. Uh-uh. No. It's actually like a job. Yeah, and, you know, we take time out of what we have, a million things that we have to do, which mm-hmm. we love to do. Yeah, I love doing this, mm-hmm. but you're right. It it can be stressful, and I can mix up my words. Yeah, that's my my <laughs> biggest thing is uh, I'll I'll be reading one word, and then my brain is saying a different <laughs> word, and then I'm just like, nope, no, nope, didn't mean to say that. <laughs> no. And we could go back and like edit it out and make it perfect, but that's so fake to me. Yeah, I like no. real podcasts. We haven't done that ever. No. Just to let you guys know, we've never gone in and, like, dubbed something out or anything like that. So everything's really organic and how it comes out. And yep. we, it, it is what it is, is basically what I'm trying to say. It is what it is. We're doing our best <laughs> yes. trying to solve these crimes. <laughs> <laughs> By telling you about them. Trying to solve these crimes, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> oh, man. Let's get back to business. <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> so the police have decided to call this suspect the runner. Oh, okay. Okay. They're very creative with that one. Yeah. Well, at least it's not the night stalker. Hmm. Yeah. Aren't most stalkers night stalkers? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's so unoriginal. So they believe that the runner is still a person of interest in the case. And they also have stated that they believe the murder was most likely a random attack as no motive was found. I'm honestly thinking it was fueled by uh, drugs because in in their insane drugged mind, they think that something's going on. Like they think they're being attacked or there's whispers or 
yeah. people in black suits like out there or aliens or whatever. So then they attack somebody without even knowing. So that would obviously mean like it wasn't prompted by anything. And that's the scariest thing to me. Yeah. Like you're just walking. Yeah. Chilling. Yeah. Looking at the leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just. And then you're dead. Leaves chilling. Yeah. And then, oh, that's, I mean, would you want to go out that way? Yes. <laughs> that's not a bad way to go. I don't think so either. I mean, I'd prefer like you're to- having a great day. Yeah. You're living your best life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. You just got him. But he's very young. He's only 24. Oh, that really, really sucks. Yeah. I think- I would like to be old. Oh, I don't want to be that old. I always tell Jake <laughs> that. I'm like, I'm not trying to be like 100 years old. That's too much life for me. Really? Yeah. We have have a lot of things to do. (laughs) I'm thinking my cap is like 70. Oh my god. I was thinking like 120. I have a lot of things to do. (laughs) I can't. I can't survive for that long. I really can't. You'll be okay. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, in normal cases, we would be able to see what's been going on with these search warrants because they're normally available for public viewing 72 hours after a search warrant is conducted. Did you know that? I did not know that. I like that. And then you can also view what is called a search warrant return, which shows you which items were taken into custody by the authorities in the case. This That's the normal procedure when a search warrant is filed, like... If for some reason they just kicked in the door and said, we're searching your podcast in studio tomorrow, anybody could, or in 72 hours, anybody could go and contact them and say, I would like to view this search warrant, and they have to let them. Anybody. Anybody. My dog could. Yeah. Wow. It's public information. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. That's to keep them honest. Oh, uh, I guess. Good. Yeah, because most people aren't going to do it, so. Right, Yeah. <laughs> But your lawyer could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, in some cases, the judge can order the records be sealed from the public to protect the investigation. In this case, the judge issued that the warrants in this case were initially sealed for six months. But now they've agreed to keep them sealed into 2022. That is really weird. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to determine the exact date that they're going to be released to the public either. But sometime in 2022 is when it currently is over with. And I don't know if they haven't solved it. I bet it's going to be longer. Yeah. <clears throat> I wonder why for why they went the concealment route. There has to be a suspect that they don't want to know as a suspect. Oh, okay. Would be my guess. Yeah. Hmm. They're probably listening. Everybody's listening today. The suspect, the yeah. Pope. The Pope is here. <laughs> the detectives. Everybody's here. Well, if the detectives are listening, we are trying to help you. <laughs> I hope we're not, like, selling the name of detective work. We're good at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we try our best. So, in this case, as in many other cases, the police have revealed very little information to the public. Hmm. They have, however, asked for help finding a person who was pictured on a trail cam three days after the homicide. So, this person was photographed by a trail cam that was installed to catch any odd behavior at the scene of the crime, as they believe many suspects will return to the scene of their crime. Yeah. 
But do you think if you have like a mental break or you're on drugs mm-hmm. and you commit a crime, are you going to go back? No, that seems like serial killer. Yes, kind of. I agree. Like, I think that since they were not in their right mind, I don't even think that they. I think some, they might have like an inkling of something terrible happened mm-hmm. as maybe they came back they went down from the drug or they went down from their mental break and then they were like, shit, I got blood all over me. I don't know what happened. But I don't know if they would, can pinpoint it back to, oh, I was in this field or I was in this random house. or Like, I don't think that yeah. they could go back like that. I don't know. I guess maybe if you did have some sense that something happened, maybe you would go back. Like, if you knew you were there. Yeah, I guess. I you found your parking pass or something. I honestly do <laughs> not think that these that those type of people would go back. No. So, on the trail cam, they captured three people that they wanted to speak to. It was a couple and then an individual man. Two of these people were identified and talked to, and the third one never was. And I didn't find that to be very odd because people from all over come to this park and he might not have even been from Wisconsin or even known that they wanted to talk to him. But a lot of people like on Reddit thought it was weird that he's never come forward. But from what I found, the park has three million visitors a year. Ooh, I didn't know it was that popular. It's, you know, we got to get you down there, but three million is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And this person of interest they're looking for also doesn't seem to be the same as the runner suspect. But one of the problems the police have ran into with the runner is something we've discussed a lot. Everyone had a different description of the suspect. Oh, yeah. Aside from his clothes, which everyone could basically agree on what his clothing looked like. But there are many different accounts of what his race or ethnicity was. Mm, Yep, that happens a lot. Because some people think people are just too stressed out. Like, they just weren't focusing on it because they were too alarmed. Mm -hmm. But a lot of other people have the same opinion as us. And eyewitness reports just are not reliable. Mm -mm, No. I was surprised that they got such a good description of his clothes, even. Right. like, And I think it was because it seemed like people said it was odd attire for hiking. What was the attire? Like, dark ripped pants. In a black shirt. I didn't think that was odd attire for hiking. Mm, maybe they think that, like, people on a hike need to wear athletic clothing. Yeah. I've, I've worn jeans on a hike. Not It's not preferable, but on, like, a whimsical hike that I wasn't planning for, I, I went out in jeans, so Like, whatever. what would Jake wear if you were hiking? That's a good point. I think he'd wear jeans. Yeah. Because or joggers, or- maybe? Uh, he's not a real big jogger person. No. No. So jeans. So yeah, I think jeans, like loose fitting jeans. Yeah. See, that's why I didn't think that was an odd choice. Yeah, no. Because I was thinking about men and yeah, I you're mean, you either like a jogger guy or you're yeah, gonna wear jeans. Exactly. Yeah. There's really or no if in you're between. a dad, you're gonna wear some khakis. Yeah, gotta have all those extra pockets. <laughs> <laughs> so there are there have been numerous accidents that take place at Devil's Lake every year, and some people even die, but this is the only homicide that I could find that ever took place here. That's some, a really good batting average for this area, then, like, to not have only this one death, really. Yeah. Or murder, sorry. 
So, yeah, there have been some deaths from people falling because they go and they fuck around. Yeah. And when there's a 500-foot drop, yep. you should not fuck around. No, you really shouldn't. It is very beautiful, but you could trip and you can fall, and then that is it. Yeah, there has been a lot of falls. Oof. And... That's a... Like, that's people a- jumping from one place to the next and falling in between? Like, why? Oh. Why would you do that? That sounds awful. Yeah. Like some parkour shit or like what? Yeah, oh, that's God. what it sounded like to mm. me. <laughs> just jumping from area to area and then just like slipping through a crack and then falling. Yeah, I have no interest in jumping. No, I have no interest in parkouring. No, definitely <laughs> I'd like to just walk. I'd be like that episode in The Office where they think they're doing parkour, but they're not doing parkour. And they're <laughs> just kind of like rolling parkour. around. Parkour! <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be me. Me too. Just like <laughs> jumping into a dumpster parkour. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's as far as I'm going to. <laughs> so I looked up like the safety for Baraboo then. So like, well, maybe it's a Baraboo thing. Okay. And they're ranked 82% for safety against murders, which only 18%. That means only 18% of the country is safer. So they're pretty safe for murders. However, they rake 3% for safety in regards to kidnapping. It's a totally random fact. But I was like, what? So People just get kidnapped everywhere around here? Yeah, that's not good statistics. And I I was was baffled by that. I'm baffled by it. I'm very scared for the bear booers. Like, how many kidnappings is that? That seems like far more kidnappings that should happen. Yeah. So that information came from crimegrade.org. You can just put in your city and then it'll tell you, like, the murder rate, the kidnapping rate, the robbery rate, property crime rate, all that stuff. Time what? Crime. Crime. Crimegrade.org. Okay. Yeah, so as of now, this case is still unsolved. Yeah, we need more information for everything to be open. And this is why I suggest pepper spray. A knife, a gun, if you're comfortable. While you hike. Yeah. We, I carry weapons. Yeah, we carry weapons, too. Yeah. Just because you... That's probably one of my biggest fears, which is really awful, because we go out to hike to get some exercise, mm-hmm. be in a really lovely area. Um, I feel very peaceful, but a slight underlying fear of something that could go wrong in the woods yeah and it'd be a while for us to be found or helped or any sort of thing like that yeah so that's i think what a lot of people get deterred by though is our dogs Mm. a lot of i don't know we don't get really a second look with our why we used to have a pit and then we'd have anakin our blue healer and he's like a big dog he's 70 pounds yeah so a lot of people didn't really like look twice at us besides like looking at our dogs so they're they're beautiful yeah but i don't think that they would really mess with us with that and if they did we would have the dogs and guns and knives and any other i would gouge some eyeballs or something definitely do you hike by yourself ever no oh i do you have some balls (laughs) <laughs> you have some balls, dude. I have a gun. Yeah, well, you've got some balls and a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my thing. I didn't used to because 
I was nervous yeah. about people. Mm-hmm. And I don't go far. Like, I'll go to High Cliff or something yeah. and go by myself. I don't think I would drive three hours and go by myself. I would hope you didn't. <laughs> now I'm making you nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the look have of to- <laughs> on your face. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's not going to be a day that's like, your co-host was found. I'd be like, what the fuck, Fallon? You should know better. You better solve it. Yeah. I, on the podcast. I would have, yeah, I would have to do it. It'd be a whole new series of Fallon podcasts. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I do it like in the area. I would go by myself because mm-hmm. sometimes I don't. My husband doesn't necessarily want to go. And okay. sometimes my friends. Well, now I have you. Yeah. But my friends didn't necessarily want to go. Like, I don't know why there's such a apprehension to hiking. Like, really? You're just going to like walk all day? Like, yes. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful when you start like kind of in the morning and yes. there's still some dew and the birds are out and it's just so quiet. And yeah. then. You go there maybe with a coffee or something like that and just unwind, just like not think about anything and just be yeah. present. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. Mine too. Yes. So I was going by myself. Yeah, let's change that or get some sort of tracker or just tell me. I mean, my kids GPS me everywhere. Oh, there, there you go. They're mini stalkers. <laughs> they just care a lot. Yep. That's all I got. You did great. Um, I'm sure that we're going to have an update on that later on. Yeah, we'll definitely share if we get an update. If anybody has any information, contact the Sauk County Sheriff's Office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully we'll get some some reports back one day. I hope so, too. Yeah. Answer some questions. Okay, well, uh, uh, that was a really positive energy. I I like that energy today. Yeah. Um, Everybody keep positive. I know it's uh, a lot going on still. I know that COVID is kind of ramping down. I feel like it's not as crazy as it used to be, but it's still a trying time. But It is a trying time. But you know what I was thinking? Hmm. Things always have to get worse before they get better. Yeah. Some changes needed to happen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So we're going through some changes. Mm-hmm. And it always feels a little uncomfortable. Yes. And eventually everything's going to be better. Yeah, whenever I think about how you're going through some changes, you're going through like growing pains, and Mm -hmm. obviously it's very uncomfortable, you have discomfort, you don't like it, you're used to one thing, and then then you blossom into something else for what you need to be. It actually really reminds me of the butterfly. Do you know what happens when they like do their little metamorphoses? It actually is very painful for them. They're, like, confused. They don't know what they're doing. They're kind of, like, screaming while this is all happening. They're unaware of what's going to happen afterwards. And then, boom, look at them. Beautiful. Flying. That would be crazy to just be, like, a crawling little insect and all of a sudden have wings. Yeah. Yeah, and this is what they go through. They're, like, going through their life as a caterpillar and then all of a sudden they're making their chrysalis and they're like why am i doing this this is really strange <laughs> <laughs> and it's like oh i'm changing in here i'm like sleeping and then i'm like growing and then i'm like sprouting these things for my back and it's kind of painful and i'm a little bit terrified and then boom bitch i'm beautiful yeah and their wings are all like soft and they don't get hard unless they flap their way out of their mm-hmm. cocoon yeah we're all like stuck in our cocoons right now yeah we gotta <laughs> burst out Yes. Well, don't burst. Take it, take it easy. 
take it slowly. Take it easy (laughs) out of that cocoon at first, and then afterwards, show the world your wings. Yes. Because you're beautiful, and we love you. We do. Thank you for listening. Yep. Bye. Bye. All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love. If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't Don't forget, forget, we we love you. you.